Warning. This episode contains spoilers for all aired episodes of HBO's Game of Thrones, as well as spoilers for all published books in the Song of Ice and Fire series. You are listening to a podcast of Ice and Fire, episode 150 for the week of June 8th, 2014. Welcome back, everybody. We're chatting Game of Thrones today, uh, the latest episode, The Watchers on the Wall. We're going to be giving it a quick review. So, as always, this is Amin. And this is Kyle. And no guests today here with us, Amin. It's just us. Well, maybe we'll pull somebody in at the end. Yeah. Or two. We'll see how it goes. And half the listeners just left anyway because they didn't want to hear us. But. <laughs> uh, so let's start with our lemon cake rating. What'd you think about this one? Uh, having seen it again, second time, I'm, I'm probably I'm going to go with five lemon cakes. Whoa! Yeah, I mean it's it's not a perfect episode, but I haven't given five since Blackwater, and it's probably the most uh, I've enjoyed an episode since Blackwater. So I think it's probably appropriate with my own rating scale. Wow. Okay. So you like this one. Yeah, huh. I'm I'm kind of torn, and I, and I don't know what, what to give it. I feel like as a standalone episode, yeah. it was kind of bad. Um, there were a lot... I, I was felt empty kind of after it. There, I, there was no, like, cherry on top sort of thing. But, um, but as a whole, for the whole season, um, I think, it, you know, it's a very important episode. And uh, I just, I don't know what to give it. I guess I'll do a three, maybe? Three, 3.25? Something along those lines. Cool, we'll have to dive in and see what didn't uh, rub you the right way with it. Yeah, I'm probably going to say everything was great, and I just didn't <laughs> like it. <laughs> Did you watch it once or twice? So I've far? watched it um, two and a half times. Okay, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so... So let's just dive right in. Uh, let's start at um, the wall this week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was just there. That was it. We Was the Blackwater just at King's Landing? I think it was. And I think, I don't know if we talked about this, but I had heard that this episode was going to be like that, just in one location. Hmm. I like that. I like doing that. Are you a fan of when they do that, when they just focus on one thing? Yeah, I mean, uh, we've only had two examples of it, but uh, I enjoyed both examples. It lets you just focus on the area and do the, full, you know, without having to jump from character to character somewhere else. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn because I feel like it's just there wasn't much character work. I know there was a lot with Sam, in particular. I feel like it was a very almost Sam centric episode. Um, yeah. But it was a, just it was a lot of fighting, and which is which is cool. I mean, every now and then you just want to see just balls to the wall action. But um, I don't know. I, I was missing something. I was missing something. So well, we didn't have like I mean, Blackwater was the last time we had action like this, right? It's kind of okay to occasionally have a action filled hmm. episode. Go. Um, and we have. Uh, it was directed by the same gentleman who directed Blackwater. I believe Neil Marshall is his name. I hope I'm not wrong on that. I did a quick search. Um, and so he's the go-to guy for the action scenes. Yeah, I feel like they didn't tell him they only had 100 guys because it lasted way longer than 100 guys. But I didn't complain. I mean, I like having a big battle scene. It, it lasted longer than 100 guys? you think more than 100 Night's Watch died? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? I mean, there was, like, even in one battle, if you just looked at one of the battle, like, cut scenes, probably, like, 50 guys died. Like, it was just, like, if they only have 100 guys, 
it seemed like they had more than that, but I, I didn't want to like be like, oh, okay, let's have a shorter battle. I'd rather have a longer battle. Really? I felt like they didn't. It was like twenty people in the fight. Uh, I think the well, I mean, uh, I think who's left now? They probably have like four people left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there aren't too many. There yeah. aren't too many. So where does this episode start? We start. Um, I'm trying to remember everything that that happens yeah. on this. Where where's my cheat sheet? Um, so let's oh, see. I have it open here. Let's see. Well, they're starting with Sam and John talking at the wall yes. before fight. Yeah. So we get a little uh, Sam wondering about what it's like to be with a lady, and yeah. uh, John's not a poet. Kind of nice little thing. We we see Sam as a very changed character now that he's kind of uh, he's. Uh, he he kind of hid his feelings for Gilly for quite a while. He didn't want to admit to himself. And then when he thought she was dead last week, it really kind of unlocked this 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 love that yeah. he's had for quite a while, but he hasn't realized that he had it. Hmm. So he's wondering all about that. And then um, after they have a little chat, it kind of goes outside and we get Tormund and Egret. Or Egret. Then they're sitting around the campfire and she's... Uh, notching the arrows and doing the thing and um she tells stir the magnar of then i believe uh that uh nobody better touch john she's uh he is hers to kill and nobody else's and, uh, yeah she cuts off Tormund's uh bear story in the middle of it she's <laughs> <laughs> like dad i don't want to hear that story again you do you still think they're there i think it's still open it's still open they haven't closed the door in that theory so hmm Particularly the way wildlings might see like family, it's not like they always have to call each other like father and daughter, but they he just care for her and like is concerned for her. So I, I think it's still possible. Is this just a wild theories of yours? Do you actually want this to uh, them to bring this to the forefront of the show? Hmm. I, yeah, I, I don't know if they. I mean, I, I don't even know if they're there aware of the theory. I don't know who. I mean, I know that I independently came up with it because they have similar looking hair. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much basis for it, but I just thought it'd be. I mean, they, they do mix up relationships differently hmm. on the show. That they, they could they could have them be father daughter. Could could work out, but I have no idea if, if they've ever heard if they've had that notion themselves. So I mean, he gives sex advice, but I mean, he just wants his daughter to have good sex. Like he's a, he wants his daughter to have good he's sex. Right? <laughs> he's a progressive wildling. Yeah, he likes it. Um, but uh, he is just boasting about having sex with this beer. You know. He just needs a chicken in his hand, but <laughs> fun, fun, fun. So I was just looking at the uh, the forums here, and it looks like the average rating is four lemon cakes. Mm. It's kind of like the most popular one right here. So, um, so then right at the end of this campfire scene, we have Gilly and Sam, or the <laughs> baby, about ten feet from them on the hilltop. And nobody yeah. sees her. I, I was a little... The blocking on this was a little uh, far-fetched, I thought. Yeah. It kind of took me I out of it. I didn't even get it the first time who that was. The second time, I was like, oh, that's Gilly and the baby. I was like, who the heck's up there in the robe? Is it like... Hmm. It's like, they, they, she went a little close. <laughs> yeah, she was so close. I mean, why wouldn't you go down the other side of the peak a little bit there? Yeah. But she does address it later when she shows up at the wall. Um, yeah. When I watch the show at After Buzz, we actually watch with the subtitles on. Yeah. And so all the stuff in the distance uh, you can just read. And when Gilly's at the door and you can't really hear what she's saying, she actually says, uh, let me in, let me in. I saw the wild things. They might have seen me. They might be right behind me. 
Yeah, I think this show is, at least on the rewatch, is worth watching the subtitles just to catch every little bit of dialogue. Yeah. So, so much going on. So I'm glad they addressed that, which I, I didn't catch the first time I watched it. Hmm. And so Sam and Gilly are reunited. Boom. Yeah. Sam, oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Sam's first step of like being a badass this episode, just stepping it up. Dude, I saw his spine just growing right in front of us. <laughs> Were you a little, little taken off guard that he was so, so brave in this episode? Hmm. Well, I guess even in the books, he starts to eventually start to become braver because he's just like from his experiences and he kind of hit rock, button, rock bottom and went up from there. Mm. So, yeah, I think they just accelerated it a bit here. Which is- <laughs> but, uh, oh, I, I skipped over a little bit. My apologies. Um, we have uh, Sam and uh, Maester Eamon talking about love. This is before Gilly shows up. Yeah, and I mean, this is actually one of my favorite non... I mean, the most, most of the scenes are battle. One of my favorite non-battles scenes in the episode because I like Maester Eamon in the show. I think they've done him well and getting a little bit of backstory on him was pretty cool. But I just wonder how people who are just viewers thought of Eamon. Hmm. Like, how was it at After Buzz? It was, uh, it was a very... People really liked this scene because a lot of people felt like it was one of the more emotional scenes, specifically when Maester Eamon... Uh, talks about how he can see his old love bef- right bef- right in front of him. Yeah. And because he's seen her and he's never seen Sam, that she's more real to him than Sam will ever be. Yeah. And that was I thought he was going to say, like, Shira's sea star for a second and be like, how many guys were in love with her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do we know anything about Maester Eamon's love life in the books? Uh, not really. I mean, it seems it seems from the Duncan Egg point of view, like uh, his father's point of view, he seemed like he wasn't kind of disappointed, and he's kind of like a not as bad as Sam, but that kind of like bookish type character. But I mean, like if he is like a Targaryen, there's going to be women going after him, so that's consistent with it. Yeah, that's certainly true. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know if I'm as big a fan as Aemon in the show. I feel like the actor is sort of sounds like a cartoon character. <laughs> He's so squeaky. He's like, yeah, Sam, yeah. I'm always like, oh, my God, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, but he's still, he's still cool, though. Like, I mean, he still helps John out and stuff. Gets him out of trouble there. Yeah, he certainly does. Um, he's kind of a – he's almost a non-entity in the show. Yeah, he kind of needed to pick up a crossbow in this episode and just, just fire it randomly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't show up at all in the battle. Like, he's not helping, I guess – he should probably he should have been with Gilly, and then like when when Slint showed up, he should be like, "What's your excuse for coming here?" <laughs> <laughs> I wonder is there do they have like a couple guards protecting Maester Aemon during the battle in like a back, black a back room or where is he hiding out? I don't know, but they were going to need him. They're low in men. <laughs> they need to call call for Aemon to. They just give him a crossbow and they just point him point <laughs> him in a direction. <laughs> just shoot down away from the wall. You hit something. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very Al Pacino uh, scent yeah. of a woman. They just put him on a horse, and he's like, tell me which way to go. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, we get that little scene, and uh, love is the death of duty, or that's that's not a quote, because I, I did not quote that correctly, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's what it was, I think, yeah. something along those lines, so that's such a, that's such a harsh thing. It's very uh, a Jedi kind of style thing, where once you start yeah. feeling and emotions and and it messes with your duty and, and, and everything. And um, it's scary. It's a scary thought. 
yeah, I like actually how how Sam was trying to get around that. Uh, but it, I mean, he, he by the kind of the word of the law, but he he's still going to violate the spirit of it. Hmm. That, I think that's his problem with it. It's just like if you get attached to these people, you're not going to be as good as a you're not going to be as devoted to the wall. Yeah. And we have that scene earlier where he's telling John, he's like, you know, our oath doesn't strictly forbid us from sleeping with women, just marrying them and having kids. Yeah. That's 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 clear. That's clear. But we can Other still have some fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, when Gilly does show up, um, Sam, uh, Sam kind of steps up, you know, he puts her in the, the meat room or wherever that is. Yeah. And uh, he goes off. It's like, this is what men do. I have to fight for the wall. And it was so it was great seeing Sam step up. I, I really enjoyed his growth as a character in this episode. Yeah, and I think you were right. This is uh, like he's definitely one of the main characters in this episode, equal to anybody else, really. Like in terms of whose episode it was. Absolutely, he has. Uh, it probably has the most growth out of everybody. Yeah. Mm. So Gilly, being the naive, uh, Craster's wife daughter that she is <laughs> it's like i thought i thought you said we were never going to leave each other's side <laughs> it's like oh gilly come on what are you crazy yeah well i mean sam's at least i mean like, their relationship also got accelerated this episode but i mean it's, that's what happens in wartime i guess like it's, yeah pressure is on and he, she saw that he was willing to protect her and the kid so i think that's important hmm. to her so what's gonna force sam off to the citadel I'll, uh, hope, ideally, John will, just like in the books, he'll force him away. He'll start to become a hard ass. Yeah? Is that what yeah. you think is going to happen? Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll, we can, yeah, I want to talk about this again when we talk about the guys that died this episode and how that'll affect later on. Okay. Like Ren and Pip, but yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I could see them just having Maester Eamon just die of old age. And then John's like, oh shit, we need another Maester. Sam, go. Mm. Yeah, I mean, they could do that that way as well. But, I mean, John has uh, got to give him the push, I think. Well, yeah. I guess, who knows? Maybe they'll, they'll change it up and yeah. have Sam be, like, wanting to go there. That's the thing. I feel like he might g- want to get Gilly out of there yeah. and just sort of go, you know what? Maybe he, it's his idea. Yo, John, you're going to need another maester. I'm going to head out and uh, save my woman in the process. Could, like, could be because it, there's no backstory in him about the whole, like, his father didn't want to be a maester and all that stuff. So they don't have that baggage to deal with. They could, they could just have it be Sam's idea hmm. to go there. Yeah. Could be. Uh, yeah. We'll see. Uh, what do you think, listeners? Let us know. Yeah. So then, uh, once again, more Sam. Sam and Pip are chatting. Pip's shaking like a leaf in the wind putting the arrows in the bucket and uh sam sort of has a little pep talk for him once again stepping up sam all yeah. over the place in this one yeah and then you have uh around the same time and one of the things i liked about this episode was uh sir alistair getting quite a bit of presence and and being a bit gray you know not not just being the guy that john hates but somebody who's still devoted to the watch yeah and they have a bit of a talk there where alistair's like you can't have people second guessing you all the time and i thought that this is kind of relevant to when john becomes commander and this is like directly relevant to that hmm. situation. I didn't even think of that. I was watching like it. People always second guess you, and like that's what happens to John all the time. Yeah, because <laughs> John's going to start doing some crazy shit, revolutionary stuff. Re- revolutionary, yeah. deathly. It's more like it. Mm. So uh, we finally have one of the brothers asking Sam about killing the White or the White Walker. Yeah. Um, finally, I feel like they haven't addressed that at all. Yeah, Sam the Slayer. Yeah. It was like an offhand comment at one point. But it was kind of nice to finally see a brother be like, how did you do that? Like, how, <laughs> Weren't you scared? Yeah. And, uh, Sam tells his little story. And yeah, 
So do you want you want to save character deaths for a little later? Oh no, I guess we can we can talk about them now. I mean, like we had we had a lot of casualties this episode. We uh, did in terms of the people that we didn't expect to die. Gran and Pip mm. both died. I mean, I thought it, in the sense of the episode, it was good. It gave it weight. It was tragic and that sort of thing. And they don't really need them later. But I it, I thought it was interesting because who else do we have left now that's a part of John's group now? Just Sam and Ed, really. Yeah, that we've developed. Sam, um, Ed, um, Ollie. <laughs> the kid he doesn't even get a vote <laughs> he's not a brother yet right yeah but i mean i i feel here's my feeling about it i feel like what happens with john later in the books is one of his problems is he, he distances people that he should keep close he sends his friends away or he just distances them and then that hurts him later as he keeps grand and pip away but i feel that might be too complicated to show on the show and so they just didn't bother to keep they just it's easier just to kill them off hmm. than to keep them and then have that whole like distancing factor just kill them off and move forward but we'll have to see how they handle John when he's a leader and how they'll have the whole John Caesar thing. Yeah. Did you think in this scene between Sam and Pip that, that Pip was going to die? Did you have any foreshadowing of that? No, I didn't. It was, it was surprising to me. Yeah. Same here. Same here. Any gra- well, once Pip, once Pip died, then I thought Gran was like, okay, Gran might be going, especially when he's in that tunnel. Like, he, yeah, when they sent him down there, I was like, he's not coming out of there alive. <laughs> and we knew that Donald Noy had died there, so they could just sub it in Gran yeah. for like a friend of John's to, to die. So once Pip died, I was like, okay, they might be killing off people, but it's like, they better not touch Ed. <laughs> I know you had said that in a previous episode. You're like, if they kill Ed, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> revolt. <Something table's> there, <laughs> but uh, but they didn't. They had Ed sort of step up as this. <laughs> John for yeah. some reason gave him command, and Duller said, uh, "I don't know <laughs> about that." <laughs> yeah, well, serious Ed can handle it though. <laughs> so, yeah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> I know they gave him command. I was like, oh, he's gonna make some bad joke, but then he had some badass line. I was like, yeah. Duller says a lot different in the show. Yeah, but he's getting a lot of screen time lately. I mean, part of it is because this episode is all at the wall, but uh, they're excellent, which they need to. I mean, with Gwen and Pip out of the way, you need to have other people that are that we recognize that are John's friends. Yeah, absolutely. So, hmm. so uh, moving on, we have the we have the wildlings attack the south side of the wall, and. I don't know about you, but here was another little suspension of disbelief moment for me. The Wildings were camped like 10 feet from the castle. <laughs> Did that weird you out too? Yeah. Uh, I didn't even really think about that. Yeah, I mean, just like little uh, location type things. Yeah, it was like, right yeah. there. I mean, I feel like the people in the castle would have seen the campfire or seen the smoke from the campfire. And been like, hey, there's somebody over this hill. Maybe no, we should I, actually, check it out. You say it, it kind of reminds. I mean, I guess they were they were they were way more active and alert than they were when when Gilly came there with the baby. Mm-hmm. But it's like, why do you have to run in and yell? Can't you just sneak up like Gilly did? <laughs> I mean, the whole the whole thing about wild things and yelling, and yeah. giving away. Uh, it's like running on that farmer from last <laughs> season, right? Would they have been able to make that? <laughs> but um. But uh, yeah, then we get into like Helm's Deep stuff going on here. But uh, but answer me this, I mean, in the show, the Castle Black has all these walls on the south side. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, they don't have that's that's not in the books. They're com- they're just completely open, right? Yeah, they're far more open than they are the way it was shown there. So mm. yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I got the feeling that there were no walls 
uh, at Castle Black. It was just sort of like a collection of buildings. Yeah, it wasn't properly defended from the south because they were, because in the past, like they had like the Night King and that kind of stuff. They realized that we're not, we're not going to let them be able be able to defend the wall from the south. Exactly. So it's it, it was more yeah they had much of a much of a defense structure here in the show. Yeah, that should be there. But I'll I mean, I guess it was it was more exciting. That way, I mean, they never said that there wasn't any defense from the south. Yeah, I guess they've never said it in the show. So, or, or you know, maybe they have, uh, but uh, if they had, I, I don't recall that. But uh, I was just wondering that. I was like, "What? This isn't right." But um, that damn Knights King, who uh, we saw earlier in the season, yeah. possibly. <laughs> it's your fault. There are no walls in these castles, yeah. but there are. So uh, yeah, we have a uh, very Helms Deep. We have. Egret doing her best Legolas and just firing yeah. arrows like crazy. Um, I love that shot where uh, the camera was behind her and she's firing. You can see the her fire arrows just flying into the into the windows oh, yeah. of, of the castle there, and then one, she dodges one as it comes at her. It was a very cool scene. Well yeah. shot. I like that. Yeah, it's uh, awesome. So that was pretty badass. But we have. Um, yeah, so they get through, they climb over the wall, they attack, but uh, right around that time, uh, Jaina Slint, excuse me, um, Alistair Thorne, who's on top of the wall, gives up his his command atop the wall and gives it to Jaina Slint so that he can go down and fight the wildlings that are down there. Right? He's the first wave that hits them, I believe. Yes. Yeah, and I, mean, I like that he did that. Like, he knew it was necessary that he had to go down and hold the south side of the wall. Mm. So that was cool. But then Jaina Slint... What a loser. Yeah. Wow. He's pathetic. I thought he would have been able to do more. Because, I mean, he did command the gold cloaks at King's Landing for, you know, a yeah. little, a little bit, It was bit, more right? of like the, the guy who sits at the desk and takes bribes. Yeah. Kind of thing. And I the real battle, true. particularly with giants, he was, he was just broken. You could see, it's like, giants are just a fairy tale. <laughs> yeah, it was like, they're right there. Come they're on, right man. There. Look. <laughs> he lost they his wanted mind. In the audience, they hate the guy and find him stupid. They succeeded. That's what they wanted, right? <laughs> so. so, um... So, I mean, what what do you how do you feel? Do you believe that the brother that told Jaina Slint that Alistair had called for him? Do you think Alistair actually had called for him or do you think that was completely made up just to get Jaina Slint out of there? Oh, I I think it's completely made up because yeah. it, it was so quick that he said that and it was just I mean, he gave, he gave that look to John afterwards. It's like, "Yep, yeah, we got rid of him." Agreed. So, yeah, I don't, it's totally made up. Yeah, I don't think there's any any debate about that myself, yeah. but I just uh last night while I was chatting with the Afterbuzz crew, they were they were kind of torn. Half of them thought that Janus uh Alistair Thorne actually had called them. So I was like, "Well, eh, let's get for, some more It's Grand right there too. I mean, it's Grand and John like they're working together. That's yeah. pretty obvious. That Which is pretty John. badass. Yeah. So, uh, so where are we? Oh yeah, Alistair Thorne down on the south side of the wall gives a pretty badass speech. You know, not not in the record books, but he gives a pretty good speech um, to his men and uh, and leads the leads the troops and puts up a pretty good fight. He's a good fighter. Yeah, I mean he, he is a trained knight and he's fought in the south. He fought in the I think he fought in Robert's Rebellion. That's why he got sent up north. Yeah, but, uh, that's what I read. Robert just sent him up because he fought for uh, the Targaryen side. It was good. It was a good. Uh, I mean, it was key. If he hadn't gone down there, they would have lost it a lot earlier. I think mm. It was key that he went down there to hold it. And I guess we're, we're kind of jumping around, but I mean, yeah, like he he ends up with a one on one with Tormund, which is cool. I he knew did. he was going to fight somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I know that that was a good that was a good fight. And then um, they were they were all over the place. And Alistair Thorne takes the wound in his side and sort of gets dragged off. And we're left wondering if he's dead or alive. 
Yeah, I thought. Well, I think he's alive because I think he was dead. They would have shown it, and I, and I thought during the episode, I was like, well, maybe they'll kill him off as well. But I think he's going to live. Like yeah, because we need him to be the major opponent against John for the um, Lord Commander votes, right? Yeah, and he's and he is technically with Janos. I don't know if he's he'll still be. I guess he will be because he hasn't seen what happened exactly to Janos, but he might hear about it. Oh, everybody will hear about that one. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, he dragged off. But it was strange. I, I found it strange that he didn't emerge the next morning after the fight was over. Well, he could be like heavily wounded and feverish or whatever. But I, I think I think if they were going to kill him, they'd kill him. I don't think he's going to like die in his bed. Agreed. I think, I think he's going to be around and be like injured, but he'll still be around. Yeah, I didn't think he was going to. I don't think he. They'd yeah. kill him off camera. He's yeah. um, he's sort of John's major. <laughs> Just the, wound, the way he took his wound too. I mean, it, yeah, it could be a wound that could fester, but it, it didn't seem like it was a killer wound just like a bad one <laughs> so part of me thought while Jaina slint was still at the top of the wall that yeah. we were going to get his uh his death from the from the <laughs> chapter that george read you know how he changed it to john beheading him hmm. um the original uh george originally wrote it and read it at a at a some meeting here when he reads the spoiler chapters yeah um he read it that Jaina slint had a noose put around his neck and was thrown off the wall Oh, really? But did John still do that, or is that somebody else? I don't recall who did it. I, I believe it was John, um, huh. but that's originally how George wrote his death. Jeez. And then he changed it before uh, Dance came out. But for a minute, I was like, whoa, I wonder if the show writers are going to do this, because he was just going so crazy, and I was like, oh, yeah. man, <laughs> are they just going to do this right here? But we did not get that, so... <laughs> mm. So Janos ro- runs off like a chump. He goes, he hides with Gilly, um... <laughs> And Gilly's stepping up. I mean, she she um, later on when Sam comes in after the battle, Gilly's the one who grabs a piece of meat and she's ready to attack. And Jaina Slint's still hiding in the corner. Like, yeah, Gilly. <laughs> Gilly's the one who steps up. Love it. He is just terrible. Yeah. Um, we'll see how he even sticks around. I don't even know what they're gonna do to him. Yeah. So uh, is this gonna be back to his normal safe self probably later though? He'll still like be sucking up to to Stannis. Ugh. So this fight gets pretty epic. This is awesome. We have this yeah. almost 360, maybe it is 360 degree, um, one shot of the entire battle just around the whole courtyard of Castle Black. And this was this was pretty epic. This was awesome. Yeah. All the choreography going on, one take, everything happening, people flying everywhere. Really cool. Really well done. Yeah, awesome. I saw it. I was seeing it on a big screen TV with some friends. So it was great to see. Like mm. it's 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 a movie like experience basically. It was. This is. Uh, I didn't feel like I was watching a TV show during this part. Yeah. It was. It was amazing. So let's go back up north of the wall. Let's talk about north a bit here. Mm. And so while Janus is there before he runs away with his tail between his legs, we have the advance of the giants on the ones on a mammoth. Ones walking. Mm. We have the wildlings coming up. And uh, first of all, the archers on top of the wall get a few shots in before that happens. Yeah. They're able to reach them, which I was a little surprised about. But I guess you can shoot pretty far when you're 800 feet up in the air. Yeah. And then we have, uh, as they're advancing, we have one of the wildlings try to shoot his or her arrow. And sort of... (laughs) And then the giant kind of steps up and he's like, fool. And uh, shoots, I don't know, a spear arrow, I guess. Yeah, it's like a ballista, basically. (laughs) And nails a dude on his second try. This is probably my favorite part of the whole episode. <laughs> this guy got yeah. hit by the giant arrow and went flying yeah. all the way to the south side of the wall. He lands right beside the guy who's fighting. Like his, the other guy's like, okay, and he keeps fighting. Like, great, yeah. 
that was badass. That was really cool. It was kind of neat to see slightly different things happening than in the books. Um, and I, 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 how do you feel about that? Because there were different tactics, like the scythe that we use later on. Um, yeah, well, except when they used that, I still I was like, hey, the wall defends itself. So it's just like the same kind of idea of using the wall as a weapon. Uh, I mean, it was a scythe itself as well, but it was still shearing ice and stuff. Using the, the wall itself, they used that, but differently in the books, I think. Yeah. They had the, but the same thing, people were climbing it. So did they, did they freeze? They must have frozen the chain. They must have kind of hung the chain there for a while for it to freeze into the wall. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly the mechanism that they use for it, mm. but it was I didn't quite get it when they were like Skyth. I was like, what are they talking about? And then it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. I didn't uh, know either. And uh, it was funny. I made this, uh, I made a comment on the After Buzz last night that we did not get a chain in the Battle of the Blackwater <laughs> where there was supposed to be one. And when yeah. there wasn't supposed to be one at the Battle of the Wall, we got a chain. Well, they're making up for it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Tyrion I mean, shows Blackwater up. had the numbers in terms of numbers of people, but this had the the wall. The wall itself added a lot to the battle, right? Oh, the walls! I mean, it's such a massive factor. Like when they were yeah. running at the wall, I was sitting there and I'm like, these guys don't seem like a threat at all. Yeah. Like if they had blocked the tunnel, yeah, they, what what's the threat? Yeah, the the main threat is like they should just go somewhere else and cross the wall. <laughs> yeah, them, especially when they have a hundred people only. Like they could just climb it somewhere else. Mm. It just seems so ridiculous. It's like, yeah, you'll have climbers, but by the time they reach the top of the 800-foot wall of ice, if they make it to the top, you could probably just stick a sword in them because they yeah. can't do anything once they've reached the top. I do like the the reference where, where John was like, it'll take them until dawn to get here, and they're like, oh, they're a little bit more <laughs> yeah, going faster than you. They're a little more desperate. Right, yeah. right they're in a bit more of a rush than you, John. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> So they show up at the gate, the giants and the mammoth and everything, and they just sit there, or excuse me, the brothers just kind of sit there and let them put it up. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, they kind of waste the rocks and the people, and then the, the I mean, this is kind of the part where you have to suspend your disbelief yeah. for a bit, because like, why two? Why not send like 50 giants? Then, mm. then it's done, right? Like, but it's just like, well, then you can't have an episode. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. And it, right? I reason it out as uh, those barrels are very heavy, and it probably takes them a while to load five of them onto that little uh, chute that they use. You know, yeah, <laughs> that's how I was re- reasoning it out in my head. And then in the episode itself, it mentions it being like this was just man's testing the wall, and he was kind of like hoping that the south side attack would work. Exactly. So that that's the reasoning behind it. I mean, tomorrow when he comes, like the next night, he's going to send everything if it comes yeah. to that. It's a good thing he didn't know that there were only 100 men there. Would have just changed everything. Yeah. I'm so pissed about that. <laughs> that's the most ridiculous plot line. Well, I, we talked about why they did it, but I guess you're still pissed about the thing itself, right? Yeah. What do you, no, I, yeah, I'm pissed that because John went to Craster's Keep because his reasoning was, among a few other things, his reasoning was, we can't let Mance capture these brothers because they'll tell Mance that we don't have a thousand men at the wall. We only have a hundred. Yeah. And now we're at the wall. And there's no mention of, oh, it's a good thing he knows there's only 100 because his tactics are completely different. So I wonder if we will see a next episode, maybe. The, yeah. When he talks to him, he might see that. Yeah, we might see Mance, and he's like, oh, if I only knew you had 100 there, I would have sent everything in the first wave. If he says that, I'll be like, okay, all right. <laughs> all right, I gotcha. But, Do we um, know if we have the same guy who's Mance there? Like, uh, yeah, it looked like the same guy in the previews for next week. 
How cool. Yeah, I didn't even see the previews. Yeah. Hmm. Did it look like the same actor? So yeah, they act- they actually dropped the rocks um right before uh the mammoths. They hook up the mammoth tractor to yeah. the gate. Um and they sort of it was sort of weird cuz they hit the ground and exploded and I guess it was like a shrapnel mine, I guess, yeah. cuz everybody around it just kind of fell down. Mm. Um but uh, but then when finally uh, they hook up to the gate, they're trying to pull the gate down. That gate didn't look like it was going anywhere to me. It was taking a lot of punishment. It yeah. was. It was. But they drop some uh, barrels of oil on them, and they explode in a fiery boom. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of how, how much mammoth power is equal to horsepower. Like one mammoth equals how many uh, horses? I don't know. How much? Yeah. Like, I don't know, 20 horses? And those giants were friends, I guess, because he's like, oh, my friend got shot. <laughs> when they Back, shot right? him. Yeah, where'd they get that uh, giant crossbow thing up at the top <laughs> of the wall? That was pretty powerful. But um, yeah, they took out the hang, and the other one kind of hulked out, and he was like, no. <laughs> he's like, no, my friend, whatever, whatever his name is. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> Joe. <laughs> he's like, What's his name? That's a good question. There you go. It's like, two, two, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, Mag, and there's one one. So, yeah, it's two two. <laughs> two two. <laughs> so, he kind of gets that moment where he hulks out. He's a little mad. His testosterone's going. Uh, and he, um, boom, he lifts that gate. Yeah. It takes him a little while. Yeah. But he lifts it up and he runs down and he, he uh, comes across Gren and his little, his little band. So, <laughs> so that happens. And uh, we cut away. So, we don't actually see that battle very much like the book. We don't see it. We just kind of see the aftermath later on. Um, it didn't look good for them, though, the way he was picking up speed there. No, when they were standing like right next to the gate yeah. as he was running, I was like, you guys might want to back up a little bit. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I do like how Gran is like, no, they're like, John's not the Lord Commander. He's like, no, we're holding this gate. We have to do this. Um, it was pretty you know, cool. And that gate, I mean, we see later, like, it's kind of busted open. Like, what is left now? Is it just doors left at the end? Like, that's it? Well, we have the gate um at the very yeah, edge that of one the, is still closed the north yeah, side okay. of the wall yeah. yeah we have that yeah and i think that's it there might be some doors on the the yeah. south side of it but it's a smart um, way of doing it he got in but he didn't they didn't destroy the gate it's still there the outer yeah. gate yeah absolutely so, hmm. well. so uh let's see let's talk more about war tactics and stuff we have uh um yeah, the scythe. What else? Uh, what else did they use? Oh, we had uh, men who got to dangle ninety degrees off the wall <laughs> and shoot arrows. Jeez. That's a terrible job. I wouldn't want that. And we see one of them go tumbling. Yeah, they they have like uh, an experience like that. I haven't done it in Toronto where you go up to the tower and you dangle <laughs> oh, over the edge. But I trust fuck that <laughs> a lot more than the, <laughs> their technology. Yeah, I wouldn't even do it today, let alone that time. Because mm. <laughs> that happens when the uh, the barrel doesn't slide off and then it blows up at the top of the wall yeah i believe that's when that happens oh yeah and then he's good. that really does a lot of damage to them oh <laughs> that that messes them up a bit yeah. yeah so we get all that fighting i thought the skiff thing was really cool yeah it was kind of awesome and i like the view they had of a few people down at the bottom of the wall looking up and they're like yeah oh shit <laughs> like i would not want to climb up the wall i mean i wouldn't want to climb up the wall in the first place but after seeing yeah. that oh, damn yeah. you just gotta really scatter scatter the people all right, cool. So, uh, any that other? That was basically the north side of the wall battle was done, but the south is still the yeah. key, right? So, the south side, we have um, what else? John eventually comes down. He leaves the top of the wall to Pip. Yeah. And he comes oh, down to, uh, to Ed, right? To Ed, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. 
to Ed. Um, Pip's dead by this point, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, yeah, Pip's death. Let's talk about that. So sure. during the battle, uh, he gra- we have this great exchange that I cracked up where, where Pip was uh, was like, I got one. And Sam's like, oh, is it over? <laughs> uh, so and then uh pip takes it through the neck and i was i was surprised yeah didn't see it coming but uh but like you said we I, we don't really need them later no, on they're not they're not crucial to be there uh i mean they can deal with it but I, I just felt like i don't know if this was in their thoughts of it or not but i feel like they just they're like it's too complicated to keep them around so it's just let's, let's take the value of their deaths now which is which is a good thing like they can still get value of them dying here rather than keep them around and have to deal with that yeah. whole distancing thing mm. but i don't know I, I, I could be just speculating i mean i'm just speculating that might not have even been in the thought of what later they just thought let's kill them like adds sadness to the episode and sort it out later so. very true so after pip dies sam runs up he gets john uh he tells ollie to get a weapon and start fighting and uh, he brings John back down, and we have. It's kind of funny when he's just like, "Grab a weapon, start fighting." It's like, what, really? <laughs> and this bow was just next to him. Oh, yeah. well, that was, that was useful. I mean, just it's just so ridiculous to tell the kid that. <laughs> hey, he's a he's a brother now. I mean, what's he gonna yeah. do? Hey, kid, don't fight. Just sit there and die. He's like, no, well, grab he's a weapon. Like, but just like he was just like, and then go actively fight them. It's like, no, you could just hide there with a weapon. Hell no, man. If they were, you know, I'd be like, you said you were good with a bow. Let's see it. Let's yeah. do this, uh, which we do get later on. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, predicted that, too. I mean, I think even we did, like, the, the yeah. fact that he might be the one to kill her. So. I think everybody kind of knew that. I mean, I, I think all the book readers <laughs> knew that was going to happen in the show. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, so, so Sam goes. He gets John. He brings him back down. And John had, gives him a key. And he's like, I need him more than you. And I didn't know what he was talking about for a little while. In my head, I was like, go get Maester Eamon? Like, <laughs> yeah, Maester Eamon, it's time to come into the third wave. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, we've been saving our secret weapon. Alistair, then John, then Maester Eamon. <laughs> the rear guard takes him in the rear. <laughs> Maester Eamon comes out, and he's got the stone dragon. He's wearing his like he's wearing his brother's armor. He's wearing his <laughs> <Aang's> armor. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought maybe you know he raises a stone dragon out of out of out of the wall. I don't I don't know. I'm just making up shit right now. But yeah, I was like, you, you know who, their third charge should have been is like their cooks and stuff. And that uh, the holy shit, area. let's talk about cooks. What about that guy with a butcher blade? Yeah, he's oh, badass. He who was that like, dude? Is it is it three fingered hob? Or is that who it is? It's, uh, let me double check that. I think Three Fingered Hop is one of the main. Uh... Holy crap! I thought he was like a main a main character because it was so badass. Like they just had this <laughs> shot of him just over his shoulder yeah. carrying this badass butcher's blade, yeah. and then just taking a dude out with it. I was like, holy shit! Yeah. And the guy was all handsome and everything and whatnot, yeah. just standing there in his hero pose. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, on Sully, that were with. They were like, hey, they should get more butchers at the wall. It's like <laughs> like the butchers division. <laughs> uh, yeah, you see during the salt on the wall no he just kept the defenders fed it doesn't say anything about him fighting but hob is one of the guys he's the main cook so we can call him hob yeah that's now. probably hob yeah i think because hob was one of the candidates for the new commanders too oh was <laughs> he name was, yeah. after that i'd vote for him screw yeah. john vote for hob <laughs> vote for that guy have you seen him use his butcher's blade <laughs> yeah that, that was a pretty i mean I like how they spilled the battle into even in that area mm. <laughs> 
So anyways, so John comes down, and yes, it sends Sam to get Ghost Free, which again, yeah, I didn't quite get at the start either until the last. I was like, oh yeah. Yeah. Ghost. But we had that cool moment where he did unleash Ghost, except Ghost just attacked one guy and then was eating his <laughs> like dinner. Eating. He was like, yeah, I'll have me fed all day. <laughs> I kind of wanted just this white blur in the background for the rest of yeah. the fight. Just sort of taking everybody. Yeah, out. well, John is fighting. He's like, hey, Ghost, I could use the help. Yeah, he just whistles. Just boom. Or when he's fighting the Fen dude, he could have just yeah. called Ghost over. Um, I mean, but, again, uh, Sam, Sam picking it up this episode. He shoots some of the crossbow. He gets ghost free. Like he's oh shit, yeah, we had that where one of the Thens was running at Sam, and I thought those crossbows were extremely hard to cock. Yeah, and Sam's just like bruh, 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 bam, shoots him in the face yeah. with it. I don't know if that guy was the guy, uh, uh, the skin changer. It seems like he rec- I recognize the guy charging him. I'm not sure which one. It looked like. Was. I mean, they, they all kind of look the yeah, same because they're, they're all bald and scarred up. But, uh, yeah, that was probably, uh, to me, yeah, it was probably the uh, the guy in the owl. Yeah. Who is, uh, who, who is that? Oh, he was made for the show. Yeah. Because he's been in, he was in, he was in another season as well. Mm. I was looking at, I was looking him up last night. Yeah, he can just go to an owl. That's all he's linked with. So they got uh, Ghost out, and then John has a big fight with uh, the Magnar guy, I guess. With Stir there, who was giant. That dude was massive. But I got to say that Kit Harrington's sword fighting skills have gone up. And I believe uh, the rumor is that during the filming of Pompeii, he got a uh, trainer or sword fighting trainer and he did a, and he did a lot of work on it so his sword fighting technique and style is far superior to that of the first season or two that he was on the show and i think it really showed in this scene cuz he he looked good he looked fluid he looked like he knew what he was doing it was it was a it was a pleasure to watch yeah i like that he took advantage of that then that's really cool mm. yeah yeah so uh so we get this fight and uh, the the stir is uh, kind of kicks the crap out of him quite a bit, rams his face into an yeah. anvil. I thought he was gonna. I mean, in real realistically, he should have broken his nose there. Like, he looked, he yeah. John looked he pretty should, messed up. He was, yeah, but he like he like wipes his face after. It's like that should hurt. Like you shouldn't even be able to touch your face after that. It, <laughs> it's, I mean, they're not gonna break his nose. That's like, mm. like, too hard to deal with in the show. Yeah. So uh, we have that moment where Gret sees the fight, and do you think if they hadn't gone out of her line of sight that she would have killed uh, Stir. I feel like, oh yeah, I feel like she would have let. I, I thought, I thought she just let them fight. Is this she, they, they kind of went out of her line of sight? Is that what well, happened? I I saw it as Stir threw John through that fire thing. Yeah, and it was sort of, and then he had to walk around a little wall. Yeah, to get back to him. So I took that as they were out of her line of sight. Mm. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think like she was going to shoot. I didn't think she she would shoot John while he's fighting somebody. I don't think he would do that. But I didn't. So I didn't get. Uh, I don't know if she'll shoot Stir for getting in her way because she wanted to take out John, or yeah, that's yeah, complicated. I, I don't know. Hmm. Do what about? Um, do you think she would ever? Do you think she was gonna shoot John? It's tricky. I don't think she was gonna do it. I don't think she could. She probably would have done it earlier. If she was gonna do it, right? Yeah. She, have, she had that chance last time to actually kill him. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, it was. Uh... It took her a while, and I think that was the answer right there. I don't think she was gonna shoot him. I think she could have. Right before we complete the Egret thing, I just—I mean, the, the way John wins at the end, he spits in the guy's face. I think he kind of learned that from the last fight. Yes, he's like picking up skills. Like he's like, you have to fight dirty. Very true. That was something yeah. that I didn't notice uh, during my first couple watches, but uh, somebody brought it up online. I was like, damn, that's a good observation. Yeah, you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> that's fine, right? <laughs> do what you gotta do, and then uh, 
And then he stopped. Hammer time. <laughs> Boom. Puts it right into his bald head. Here we go. But back to you, right? You're saying if she would have shot him. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see what the listeners think about that. But it seems like she probably would have. She had the time to do it. You think so? Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, I mean, if she was going to, she had the time to do so, right? Was she kind of like lowering her bow at that point? Let's see. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It was hard to read her, and uh, I think it's up for debate. We, I guess, I, I think there's just, I think the show specifically made it so there's no way to answer that question. Mm. We don't know what she would have done, and that's how it's left. John doesn't know what she would have yeah. done. What's exactly the look on his face when he's like, he's kind of like, this is kind of ironic or something? Or what? what is... Yeah, I think he smiled at her a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of like, well, you're going to kill me, but at least I get to see you one more time before I die. It was like, oh, this is so... He's like, kissed by fire is really... This is so beautiful. <laughs> but Ollie shows up and yeah. thunk, yeah. right through her heart. She's done. And yeah. uh, gives John a smile like, yeah, I saved your life. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and we get this really sad moment for Gret's death and uh, lines pretty much from the book where she goes, you remember that cave? We should have stayed there. And John, uh, you know, we can go back and you know nothing, Jon Snow. Pretty much straight pretty much straight from the book. I'm not sure if it's word by word, That's, but that's pretty much what happened. I mean, it's, and it's during the battle as well. I mean, that's a bit of a change, but it just the, the way the camera pans is nice. It's like this is the key sad, one of the key sad moments in the episode. Hmm. Because yeah, he doesn't discover regret until after the battle's sort of been won, right? Oh uh, yeah, exactly. He, he comes along, and she's just barely alive, and he doesn't—he doesn't know for sure who's killed her. Like he—he mm. he knows it's one of his brothers, but he doesn't know, and he's kind of glad that he doesn't know yeah. for sure. And he knows that he didn't do it because it's not his type of arrow. Ah, I getcha. But, so she uh, wasn't involved in the uh, the stair falling at all. She they, was she was in that fight there, but she just got shot down by somebody. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, she wasn't one of the ones who who got caught up when they blew the stairs. Yeah. And, and no, she just no. got shot by one of the, his brothers. But yeah. He doesn't know. It's just so chaotic. You know what was interesting? I mean, like the the, the show is correct the way it follows the book. Stannis is not supposed to arrive yet, uh, but for some reason, I felt like, especially when it was panning away and he's there and there's fighting. I felt like, but it actually, no, this is they already showed that the north side of the wall had been fought off. I think. I, know, like, I look at the order here. I felt like Stannis was going to show up. For some reason, just like the Blackwater, mm. it was going to like pan around to Santa's coming, but I mean, it, that, he didn't, and then he shouldn't be there anyways. According Correct. To the book. It happens yeah. once John is in Mance's yeah, camp. John has to be in Mance's area. Yeah. So I want to see what the order was here. Why did I, why did I think that he might show up? Was it was the wall fight still going up in the north at the time? I think it was. Well, I, I thought that too. Uh, I was like, oh, when Stannis is going to show up, and then it didn't happen. I was like, what? But then I thought about it. And I was like, oh, he doesn't show up that early in the books either. This is just the first wave, and there's yeah. more. Yeah, and, and the sky uh, was after this. So, so the, the, the reason why we thought he might show up is because they were still fighting up at the top of the wall. So it was possible that he might show up because they still might have needed him. But after yeah. like the wildlings ran away, they didn't need him to show up at that specific mm. point. Yeah. That's that's why I guess that's what he thought because it was like it was panning away in the way that like it panned away from Tyrion when he was on the ground and like they were losing. And so that's why I felt like for some reason he was going to show up. But they're they matching what was in the book. Mm. Yeah. Mm. When when okay. John goes north to treat with Mance, that's when. He's finally reunited with Ghost, right? That's a good question. I don't, I don't remember exactly when he's reunited with Ghost. So be- is that when he shows up? I believe that's when it happens because that's the that's the that's the only time he goes north of the wall after he's been separated from Ghost. Doesn't Sorry. I mean? And Ghost is there when uh, he's thinking about Stannis. 
like Stannis's offer, but I don't know if Ghost just shows up and, well, then, and then. Well, yeah, because like, because he's in the north, he bumps into Ghost on his way, or or after Stannis shows up, and then he's able to bring Ghost back through the gate. Yeah, let's take a look at Ghost. I want to say that's right, but you know, I have a shock, shocking lack of knowledge, so uh, it doesn't say exactly when he shows up. At the end of the episode here, so he's about to. The battle's been won for now. Battle's pretty much been won. The sole survivor is Tormund Giantsbane, who's got yeah. two arrows sticking out of him. John puts another one in his thigh or something. And I know you were worried, you mentioned it before, that Tormund was going to die and that they needed him later on for the pact with the wildlings. I was worried like they might mess that up. Uh, but when, the second that he beat, I was like, he's probably going to survive somehow. Mm. Like, especially that was a key moment. So... Yeah, I, I felt like he, he was being protected. Like, he had to be protected, but you never know. You never know they might kill somebody. But yeah, he is an important character for the yeah. world of stuff later on. So now they have him, and they can just kind of bring him out whenever they need to do the deal with the Wildlings, right? They can just sort of be like, here's what you have to do. You have to go to the Wildlings, and yeah, we, this has to happen. So that, all that can still happen with Tormund. It's just sort of happening in a different way now. Exactly, yeah. Gotcha. So then, uh, yes, that's the that's pretty much the end of the battle, and we sort of cut to the morning, the next morning, and there's no Lord Commander, nobody giving orders, so John just comes up with his own plan. I'm going to go out, and I'm going to treat with Mance. Yeah. And at first, I was like, this is a stupid plan. And then when Sam said the same thing, yeah. and John was <laughs> like, and John's like, well, tell me a better plan. Yeah. And I was just as quiet as Sam. I was like, all right, yeah, yeah it's true. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it is a stupid plan. That's why they make him do it in the books. But then again, he really has no, there's not really much else he can do. Mm. I guess he's just going to take a long shot here. Because he's forced to go out there, right? Yeah, he's forced to go out with the same plan uh, to like just try to cut Mance down. Yeah. But, uh, so he exits through the tunnel, and that's when we find that Gren had held the gate. Mm. And gave up his life to do it, but he succeeded. I feel like that kind of reinforces John's decision. He's like, well, if everyone's giving up their lives, he has to at least give a shot yeah. himself. And, and if, he, if he succeeds, he might save the other guys as well. And I like that he left the sword behind so, so it wouldn't be lost. That was cool. I like that. I like that moment. And it makes him less threatening. Like, I feel like if you're going to... He's going out there to talk and hopefully get close enough and like kill Mance, I guess, is yeah. sort of his plan. So if he goes out there, say, if he goes out there alone with no weapons, he's much more likely to be non-threatening and mm. then let him into his camp. If he had gone out there with a sword, they would I mean, have been. Is he with no weapons? That's, that's interesting. I mean, I felt like he still had a weapon on him. Well, like a regular... he's probably got a hidden dagger in his yeah. boot or something, yeah. but he doesn't have a giant, he doesn't have he his doesn't long have his big sword. sword on him, yeah. He doesn't have a killer direwolf with him. He doesn't, he's not surrounded by soldiers. It's just yeah. him. And I think that's... He has to do that because that's the only way to appear as non-threatening as possible for Mance to ever consider letting him into the camp. Mm. He had to use a, a white banner as well. <laughs> Pulls off his tidy whiteies and he's it waving is. them in the air. But uh, yeah, the episode kind of a- ends a little strange when yeah. he walks out and it's sort of just white out. It's like... Vroom. It ends with the lacking of Stannis. And even though he shouldn't be there... It lacks the final punch of the episode. It does. Kind of, it's just kind of like fades. And that final moment is sort of why I feel like this episode doesn't really work uh, as a standalone. Like if I were watching this 
uh, after the fact, yeah, binge, the binge watching. If I watched this episode, I would immediately need to watch the next episode. Like I would never just watch this episode and be like, "Yeah, that was that was just the best thing ever." I, I need something else with this one. Yeah, because it just kind of felt it kind of falls flat. It felt like it was, he, he, it's too bad he couldn't combine it with the next episode and have a mega two-hour episode. <laughs> we got a lot of shit to do next episode. Yeah. Next episode is going to be a typical episode nine. It's going to be crazy. Mm. There's so much that I mean, the whole Stannis thing. Yeah. There's Tyrion escaping. There's Tywin's death. There's Shay. There's a possible Stoneheart reveal. Who knows? We have Arya and the Hound. Who it's rumored. Have you heard this crazy rumor? Oh, that uh, the Hound's gonna fight Brienne. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that. I have no idea. It's weird to me. It's possible, I guess. It but, doesn't. Uh, it doesn't seem right to me because Arya's yeah. line in the previews for next week is. There are men everywhere, or we're surrounded by men, or whatnot. Okay. And I'm like, if it's Brienne, Brienne's not traveling yeah. with anybody else except Podrick. Um, yeah. So it makes me think that's not the case. But um, yeah, I don't. I think that doesn't quite work out. Even if you had them fight, like, what's the result? Yeah, like it's kind of the, then where does Brienne? It just kind of seems a little strange. But Brienne and Pod are heading in the same direction. They are heading in the same direction. Yeah, and she is always kind of looking for the hound. Yeah. So. But if she comes across Arya and then Arya runs, it's good. that's that's just weird enough. I'm I'm still worried about how they're going to have Arya and the Hound leave the Vale. Without, yeah, where are they exactly? Are they like really like close to Littlefinger yeah. and Sansa right now? That they're hmm. yeah. It's it's I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. It's kind of freaking weird. Um, you kind of want to see a Littlefinger Hound interaction though. That would be uh, Interesting. Maybe Littlefinger sets up the hound. Littlefinger hound. I feel like they yeah. uh, are not friends. That would be my <laughs> impression. No, I don't think so. But they, <laughs> their interaction would be interesting, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was uh, it was pretty much this episode. Um, are there any uh, defense of the wall tactics that you are bummed they didn't use in the show that you remember from from the book? No, I, I feel. Well, I guess my memory of this particular battle isn't that strong, but I, I was happy with the what they showed there. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you missed from it, or no, not not in particular? I'm trying to think because they use so many different tactics. Um, you just to gotta recall. compare this show to like most other TV shows, like in terms of like the battle and stuff. It just can't you can't match it. No, what, what else has this kind of battles? Battle was wild. It was funny. Everybody's making these Helms Deep comparisons, and yeah. it, I just laughed at it because the Urukai don't they eat men, men flesh? And then we have yeah. <laughs> we have the the Thens who are cannibals. So it was like, oh, there's so much stuff lining up here for this comparison. So I'm looking at FT Ward on our on our review thread on the forums, mm-hmm. and he always seems to give some funny nitpicks and comments and stuff. Yeah. So let's just go through his stuff. I think this sure. I, I haven't read it yet, so I don't know what's here. This might be a complete failure. Let's check it out. Um, he gave it a four point six seven. Um, Castle Black. Sam gets all rules lawyer during bro time. Sometimes I don't <laughs> understand what it is. <laughs> Um, with the owl and skin changers, why don't the wildlings know not know there are only 102 men at Castle Black? There are okay. way more than 102 in this episode, by the way, which makes the exact number being a plot point extra silly. Yeah, I mean, there is. I mean, just every time you ha- see a battle, you see like 10 or 20 people die. Like, every, you see even a, a panning scene. So, like, they obviously had more than 100. Really? There. I feel like there weren't that many people 
involved. There weren't, but every time you see, every time, every every like every pan shot, you see like ten people die, and it's, they have to have more than hundred people. I think ten's a little die. crazy. I maybe like yeah. one or two people die in every pan it, shot. It, it, the battle lasts way longer than I mean, like, and you have to split them too. Is that like how many are up on the top of the wall? Like at least twenty, hmm. right? If not more, that come like so. There's not that many down there, but they keep fighting for a long time. So it's like yeah. The numbers and, and and numbers should be higher than that. So it's just, we just ignore the hundred mm. number. But that sort of plays into why they need the wildlings later on, right? They just need more people. Yeah, but I mean, like they, whether it's a thousand or a hundred, they need the wildlings. Like they can't just keep fighting the wildlings. They need the wildlings to join them so they can fight the others mm. together. So Egret cockblocks the husband of Bear's story. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gilly she's, heard, she's heard her dad say it so many times, right? Yeah, I don't want to hear about the fucking bear you didn't fuck. And this. <laughs> Gilly walking right past them is funny. I agree, F.T. Ward. Why does Castle Black have walls and a gate? I also agree. I question that myself. The books, I guess they, they never mentioned it in the show. If they mentioned it in the show, then that's a huge mistake. But I don't think they set up that history. Sir I wonder Alan. if in the DVDs, did they mention it? I wonder if like in the DVD histories, they're like, oh, the Castle Black doesn't have... Oh, possibly. Maybe they said it couldn't have like stone walls and, and, and you know barricades and moats and stuff, but mm. a door is fine, I guess. Um, that's pretty much all it is, a wooden door. <laughs> um, yeah. Sir Alistair is epic level badass in this episode, outdone only by a brief appearance of Hob, who has my vote for Lord Commander. So, yeah, I guess he named him Hob as well. <laughs> Hob was pretty badass. Uh, didn't Pip stand up when John wanted volunteers for Crasters? Or is my memory terrible again? Never held a sword with an edge? I guess he won't be standing in for Darren after all. Mm. Yeah, that was kind of weird. Pip did say to Sam, he's like, I've never shot an arrow. I've never held an edge weapon. I was like, what? Haven't you been fighting things for the past couple seasons? Hmm. But he, he doesn't leave the wall, though. He doesn't go with John during no, the Craster stuff? No, he's because even he's, he's like, yeah, he stays behind. Cause, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, next comment is, Donald Noy's hammer gets to kill the Magnar. Mm, oh, yeah. I saw that as well. It's like, that's like the remnants of Donald Noy. It's like <laughs> a reference to him. I pictured Donald Noy as having a bigger hammer than that. That's true. That was, that, that was his, like, for working on daggers or something with that. It's like, it's the, it's the smallest hammer. Hmm. <laughs> Do we have any uh, Twitter comments or questions for us or that kind of thing? Uh, we don't have any uh, specific questions. We have some more comments. Uh, I got a couple more. FT Ward. He hates John's smile to Egret. I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, don't love giants using metal and arrows, but they are awesome here, plus mammoths. Yeah, I found it a little weird that mammoths have crowbars. <laughs> when else would they use those? <laughs> they, they seem a bit better armed than you'd think. The wildlands are really poor. and like they, they have to scavenge weapons off. Like uh, other people and stuff mm. like that. But I mean, it's not really a huge thing. <laughs> he, he says, what the fuck is the practical use for the scythe? Killing wildlings? Climbing the yeah. wall? I guess that's the reason they have it, right? But um, yeah, what do they use when they're not killing wildlings with it? Where do they <laughs> where do they store it? It's like a giant boat anchor. Fired mm. from Eastwatch. Take Stannis 10 episodes to get to the wall. Make season 3, episode 10 even dumber. <laughs> oh that's right because yeah it took them a whole entire season to say hey we got to go to the wall to actually yeah. get there well, well I, they had to go people, to bravos first there's people saying that he's not even going to come next episode that's like, bullshit got, they're going to come gonna, there but come. i mean i guess they could have they could push it to early next season but hmm. yeah you know, he's got to show up if john's there talking with Mance, like you need to have some sort of resolution there 
it does you can't just like fade when he goes into Mance's tent like season two. <laughs> right. So uh Alisa at uh this this Alisa on Twitter is disappointed that there were so few female free folk fighting. Oh, that's hmm. a lot of F's at the wall in last night's episode. Did we see any other than Yigret? Um, I don't know. I feel like the the person, the wilding who shot the arrow at the wall. That um, <coughs> I felt like that was a woman, but I, I I don't know. They're all so bundled up. Not entirely sure, but uh, yeah, there definitely didn't seem to be very many women. That's true. Not there. a lot of spear spear wives, I guess. Which is, yeah, which is too bad. Um, at AM Smitty says uh, the Night's Watch has about fifty left. Question mark. <laughs> They, they, they're yeah. The nice watch is uh, screwed. Yeah, <laughs> they need more people. <laughs> Let's see. At uh, Sep- but, but remember, Hob is equal to ten other men. So <laughs> you gotta add that factor in. Hell yeah, Hob is badass. Like, just because he, he has three fingers. Like imagine if he had five fingers. <laughs> <laughs> at Sep C but Saja Gusti, I apologize on Twitter says although flawed. It's definitely far from bad. Neil Marshall knows how to direct a big-scaled battle scene with a TV budget. Horror. Mm. And, uh, yeah, this this battle, and and don't get me wrong, this is Game of Thrones has one of the biggest budgets on television for a TV show. Um, this battle was epic. It it rivaled a lot of a lot of stuff in movies. It yeah. was it was pretty awesome to see on the small screen. Loved it. You're becoming quite a regular in the afterbus. Yeah, well, they keep having me back, and I enjoy chatting with them. It's kind of a fun experience to get to sit down and talk right after the show. And yeah, I would know. do it as well if I had that kind of opportunity. It's cool. Like it's just a setup to go it's in there cool. and professional recording stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Naomi Kyle uh, from uh, IGN, uh, she does the Daily Fix. She joined us last night to to chat some Game of Thrones. So that was pretty cool. Cool. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. At Rory Pond says, just waiting for Stannis to show up. A whole year of foreshadowing, and the bastard is still late. <laughs> nice. But I kind of want them to be that shock factor, because I, I know that the, even in the books, it was set up that he should kind of know he was coming, but it was still shocking to see him there. Hmm. So I think they'll hopefully have that same shock. Like, do you think they'll show him traveling there, or he'll just show up? I think he's just going to show up. I just think uh, Sam's going to be in the tent. I think it's going to ha- happen very much like the book. Yeah. John is in the tent, and uh, there's just commotion. Just commotion everywhere, and they walk out, and there's just Stannis troops fighting wildlings or running them off. Um, it, I mean, it'll be like that, but I wonder if like they're also will be attacking the wall at the same time. Like maybe they'll have John in chains or something, or held, and then Stannis will show up, or will he just show up in the middle of the camp? Uh, show up in the middle of camp. I don't. I feel yeah. like that's an easier way for them to do it, and it stays okay. true to the books. Yeah, and we'll see. Yeah, this is going to be cool. Hmm. I want to see. I want to see the reaction to that, particularly after Buzz. For example, other places like if will Stannis finally get some fans in the show where <laughs> Probably not because you'll be like, Yay, Stannis, and then he'll show up and he'll have some asshole comment where you're like, Wow, okay, I really <laughs> don't like this guy. Do you think uh Melisandre is gonna blow up any birds? I don't know if she'll blow up any birds, but I think she might do something. I think they might want to try to show up for powers somehow. We'll see. Some sort of uh thing. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe she'll like screw over Mance or something. <laughs> I guess they, they want to do with Mance what they're going to do I mean Mance is easy they could just end up burning him yeah. later and I mean the good thing is because he's, he's in disguise it's good they don't have to keep the same actor for most of the time So, do you think they're going to keep Mance and have him go into the whole Theon story uh, I don't know I feel like they, they, they'll they at least do the burning part because then after that you could just have some other actor be yeah. him 
Interesting. I don't know. We'll see. I feel like he's such a such a non kind of entity in the show that they might just yeah. kill him and have some save Theon some other way. Theon will just escape by himself. I find Mance in the book really fascinating. I mean, he's still around and he's doing all this stuff. Like, that's, he's really an interesting character. But yeah, he certainly is. They, have, they could they have, might go other ways. It's going to be the next couple seasons are going to be so. I mean, like just seeing like the whole Stannis and. Uh, Bruce kind of like parallel storylines up there. That was mm-hmm. the most interesting part of Dance of Dragons to me. Yeah, so. it's going to be a very uh, Baratheon versus Bolton. Yeah, storylines going. Boltons up. are all set up now too. It's the last episode. Yeah, oh. and to Winterfell, yeah. the snowless Winterfell. <laughs> and they're actually even stronger than in the books because there's no hint of like there being descent yet, or maybe they'll build up on that. But it's just like it seems like the Boltons are just there and the Ironborn are gone, and yeah. they're like the North now. So. Absolutely. So uh, once again, like we do every episode, you um, we're gonna get next season is gonna be spoilers everywhere. Mm. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be a tough one. Yeah. Um, because there's just they're just going. They're just flying. They're gonna get through this stuff. And uh, yeah, I feel like watching the show is going to turn into. Uh, um, like your best friend telling you, spoiling the book for you by just telling you, like, before you read the book, he was like, hey, uh, so Ned Stark, yeah, he dies, and uh, Rob Stark, he dies too, but you have no idea how that happens. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's what the show's going to become, where you're going to know certain characters die or certain things happen, but because they're just making up their own journey to get to those destinations, that uh, when we read the books... We'll know those plot points, but we just don't know how we get there. Yeah, and a lot of the smaller characters, if they die, you, you won't be able to trust it because they, they're able to kill more than the books. But if somebody big dies and you're like, probably that person's going to die. Yeah, the but, books as well. but where do we start differentiating between big and small? I mean, is it if Daenerys or Tyrion die, we obviously know that's probably going to happen. But like, yeah. what, what's what's a not big character? Do we, do we know? Because George is so good at sort of making smaller characters become rather important later on yeah well any of the repeating povs really like the, the ones that have been there we have, that have a lot of hmm. points yeah there hmm. we go I, i'm pretty much almost committed now to watch at least one more season i think because i, I want to do i still want to go to ice and fire con i still want to do panels on the show so i i need to watch the season five if i'm going to do that we got to so. keep doing i i feel like uh i feel like mimi has an easy out and she can just say yeah. i'm not watching anymore but I feel like I couldn't. I couldn't do that. I mean, if we all do that, then there's no podcast, right? I guess we yeah, could just could be keep... the could be the end of the podcast for a while. Or but no, I'm not going to say that. I'm going to keep watching because you're going to put a bolt to the podcast. I'm going to keep watching because <laughs> I don't want this podcast to just sort of fade away because of the <laughs> you, show. I don't want the. Hold, I don't want Game of Thrones. Gate. You hold the gate, Kyle, and then we'll find you. Be like a <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't want Game of Thrones to be what killed a podcast of Ice <laughs> yeah. and Fire. That would be ironic. Yeah. You can imagine back when we founded it. It's the, <laughs> show. It's like, it's the, it's the, the poison from the, uh, what is it, the Viper uses. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Hey, let's, let's go back to that scene for a second. Last week, um, sure. do you think um, the uh, Oberyn's little helper there was putting on poison? Is that what he was oh, yeah, doing with the spear? Sw- swiping it, yeah. Is that, I think so. Do you okay. think that's going to play into the show? It's got to. Come on. Why, why, why would they cut that whole part? That's all interesting, right? Well, you could uh, just have um, the Viper mortally wounded Gregor. You don't have to have it through, be through poison in the show. Yeah, I'm talking about in the show. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the, the poison was nice in the sense that it, uh, it fit Viper. 
I mean, yeah, they didn't really explain that much about his poison stuff, but it fit him and uh, made Gregor at least have even more pain, which he deserved compared to anybody else, right? Absolutely. <coughs> uh, yeah, I'm curious whether or not we'll we'll see we'll find out that Gregor is poisoned or just sort of mortally wounded and in pain. You know, the Larry, uh, I actually caught his review for episode eight. It seems like he's actually truly done with the show after this season. <laughs> like he's is he? I haven't been keeping up with his his reviews. So uh, I, I just saw recently that he was really mad that Arya laughed when she found out Lysa was dead. Oh yeah, yeah. I think he. I mean, that was it. Seemed to hit a personal nerve with him. It was like, yeah, reasonable people don't laugh. That's the whole point, though. Kind of Arya's going messed up. Yeah, just hit, rubbed them the wrong way. But I mean, that's. It's kind of meant to rub you the wrong way. What's well, this world? I mean, family connections. Well, in a way, they're stronger, but in a way, they're not. Um, in that world, and when you have an aunt that you've never met your entire life, and who sort of <clears throat> is off, and you don't know anything about her, dies. It's kind of like. Oh, and this okay. is what Ari. I remember Ari has been through a lot. She's not a normal person anymore. Oh yeah. So this is not. She's not going to react the way a normal person does. No, Arya saw her dad beheaded, who she spent almost every day, probably every day of her life with, for for years, and that messes you up. And then all of a sudden, oh, my aunt, who I've never met in my entire life, after I've been through all these crazy ass circumstances, dies, and you're just like, huh, oh well, I get, I it made sense to me. Yeah, and I, I occasionally watch some of Larry's reviews, and I, I do. I think he makes good points. I mean, we like chatting with him, but so yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. He's he's, he's done he, with it. Then it's then he's done with it. But I mean, the one thing that I thought he got wrong though I mean, is actually a common mistake where he says like, "Oh, every people who are good in this books always die, and people who are evil always get away with it." But it's not necessarily that. I think first of all, pretty much everyone dies at some hmm. some point. But it's just like you can be good; you just have to be smart about it. If you're good and dumb. Then you die. If you're evil and you're dumb, you, you have to like go with the right method. If you well, what's distance good? yourself. Well, I mean, John, for example, or Ned, like John, he distances all the people that could support him. If he kept them closer, they would be a lot more helpful to him, and he wouldn't have ended up the way he was. Like he yeah. he did the wrong thing with the right idea, but he was doing the wrong methods. He's got to learn to be practical about it. Hmm. And and even Ed had to be practical. If he'd taken the kids into custody, he doesn't actually have to harm them. He just has to take them into custody. Yeah, that kind of sucks, but they're not really hurt. Hmm. So you, you got to be practical about it, but he's, he's falling into the trap. And, and I feel like uh, Stephen Atwell from uh, Race for the Iron Throne has written well about this to kind of explain that fallacy, uh, how to avoid falling into that. So it's not just like Larry has fallen into that trap. I think a lot of first-time readers or viewers fall into that interpretation of the works. It's very easy to make that blanket statement that just the yeah. good people get fucked and the bad guys make it out yeah. A-OK. And we're not done with the series yet either. So, <laughs> no, I mean we have we have bad people dying all the time in this show. Yeah, yeah. just I mean, Joffrey died, Biter died, Rorg died. They didn't even see what happened to the mountain yet. Like, he, I mean, the mountain ha- has a horrible poison. His death, and then what's left of him? I don't think he's really the mountain anymore. I think he's just like a robot. Like he's not he's not conscious really. Yeah. Well, once mountain. Quiburn gets his hands on him, it's yeah. just um, he's just like this zombie basically. Like that's not the mountain. The mm. mountain. So. Yeah, and who knows if he even has a head anymore. <laughs> He's not taking off that helmet. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about on this episode? No, I think that's pretty much it. I don't think I have anything else to cover. We just got one more episode. All right. Left. Wonderful. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening to our The Watchers on the Wall review. And next week is our last episode for this season. And uh, then we'll be back to our book reads. Uh, have we decided if we're we're going we're gonna to finish Clash? And then, uh, and then we'll kind of take it from there. We'll see. So uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at APOIAF. We're on Facebook. We have our forums. Please join in. Uh, join the discussion. And, uh, yeah, we're all over the place. How can our listeners find you, I mean? 
Uh, just on Twitter, I think Javadi Amin is my handle. All right. Uh, and I'm on at Mad Canard, like the duck. So until next week, guys and gals, thanks for listening. See you next time. Cool. That was fun chatting about that. Uh, one final chat I want to do in the after show is just like the Vassals of Kings where we've actually recorded an episode about the Ice and Fire Convention. Oh, did experiences they? there, yeah. So it's worth checking out Vassals of Kingsway episode. Nice. I, I think they were in the episode. They were like, "Hey, no, we tied for the trivia that Manwoody only won the tiebreaker." And my response is, "Who got the certificate?" Gotcha. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But it was good. I'm glad if we're going to tie with anybody, you want to tie with the Vassals? Absolutely. It's good. Uh, next year, it's going to be interesting. Very we'll cool. Have even more people there. But yeah, and I guess uh, back to our thing for next week. All right. Our episode. Sounds good. All right, man. Have a good night. All right, let me know if you need the files. All right, cheers. All right, peace. Mine records in dual now, so you can just move yours up. Yeah. Okay. Um, ready for this? Yeah, ready. All right.